I am a hundred percent agreeing to that too. And uh, that that next year, it's not about the offense. It's really not. I, and that's fine. I'm actually okay with it. I think that you have enough talent in the minors and between Lindor, between Alonzo, between Nimmo, Alvarez. I'll throw McNeil there too, and Marte if he comes back healthy. That you can actually have a good enough offense to be productive if you bring in the right pitchers. But here's the thing is, there's all this clamoring about Pete Alonso being traded, that this is the time to do it. And to me, that is the exact opposite of what you're supposed to yeah. do. Pete Alonso, Pete Alonso is one of the best power hitters in the league. To give me who's going to replace him, whether it's a DH or first base, who's going to replace him I don't buy 40 it. home runs a year? I don't buy it. I don't buy it. And I'm not just saying that because Steve Cohen sent me and only me a letter. I don't know if you know about this. He only sent it to me, an apology letter for how crappy this season was. (laughs) He wrote to Evan. So I don't know, Pete. I I, I don't think anyone else got this letter, right? (laughs) I guess guess not. (laughs) I know it was sent to every season ticket holder, but it made me feel very special. When Alex and Steve Cohen write, Dear Evan, we are so sorry for how crappy the season has been. I, I I don't really put a lot of stock in the fact that Pete's name was mentioned as part of the core next year. I just try to use logic. And I don't see the logic in trading Pete. I think that they're going to negotiate during the offseason. I think it's certainly possible that the Mets' financial commitment to Pete may differ from what his agent wants. And that could certainly lead to free agency. So I think free agency is the likeliest outcome. Trading him is not, in my opinion. Let me get to some of your drunken emails. Deanne Barnaby writes, here's my 2024 wish list. Five guys, only one long-term deal. Okay, Julio Urias is the long-term deal, which I am totally with. Outside of Otani, probably including Otani, he's the best pitcher available. He's not having a good year this year. Look at his career numbers. Lefty, still relatively young. I agree with you. He's the one guy, not just in this free agency, but in the next few free agencies, that is worth investing in. Uh, Short-term deals for Kyle Hendricks, Luis Severino, and then bring back David Robertson. And the one bad I'd add is Randall Grichik. Your thoughts? My thoughts are I would sign for that right now. If you're telling me they're going to add Urias as the big pitcher and then one-year make good deals for veterans like Kyle Hendricks and Luis Severino, I'm all in on that. Adding Robertson to the bullpen along with Rayleigh and probably Adovino and certainly Edwin Diaz. Uh, I'd be very happy. Samuel writes, it's stupefying and enraging that they actually, quote, shopped Pete Alonso or made it known that he was available, even if the price was exorbitant, exorbitant, exorbitant. At some point, what is the point? Pete is young. He's homegrown. He's one of the best sluggers in the game. Cohen will lose the battle if he trades him. Case closed. I don't believe there's any serious interest in trading. I don't. I throw it out. Clayton writes, guys, there's no better evidence of why Buck can't return his manager next year than on Friday. Oh, by the way, he got a tribute on Friday. Uh, It was his first game managing back at Oriole Park at Camden Yards. Got a very nice standing ovation from the Orioles fans. Right now, I'm expecting them to win many games. I'm not expecting them to win many games. I get that the roster, especially the pitching, is depleted. I get it. But the things I do want to see from this team are effort and smart baseball. Lindor gets thrown out at third to end the top of the first with two outs, and your cleanup hitter is up in the first inning. WTF. 
And then there's Marte. Watching him dog it in right field was completely unacceptable. He should have been yanked from the game immediately to make a statement. I know that doesn't happen in today's game, but when it's so blatantly obvious, it should. I'd rather see DJ Stewart out there missing fly balls, making himself look like an ass. These guys need to be held accountable by the manager. I think Buck returning right now is about, I'd say it's 70-30 no. Honestly, that's where I'm at on that. Zach Rosen writes, I just wanted to know your thoughts on whether Daniel Vogelbach should switch from Major League Baseball to Major League Eating. Honestly, I think he's only on the team to act as a dietitian to the young guys. After the game, I hear his takes. I hear he takes first digs post-game meal sessions, leaving little for the baby Mets. Alvarez especially looks up to Vogelback. Whenever Vogelback eats, Alvarez knows to eat the opposite. It seems like the only plate Vogelback is hitting is the one. I don't know if this is actually funny or if I'm just laughing. Well, listen, let, let, let me just say something about Vogelback that's not so insulting right now to him and his character. Whatever. He clearly is some sort of a of a locker room favorite, kind of like Eduardo Escobar. Somebody there is clamoring for him to be around. But realistically, Vogelback has not done anything at all this season. Yet somehow, he's lasted the longest. I mean, he's played more or been on the team more active than Pete Alonso has. Yeah. Right? That's, that, that is an incredible, incredible. He's going to last the entire 2023 season. That is amazing to think about that. It kind of is. Uh, Jimmy has three drunk pod questions. All right. I like this. If you could keep only Pete or Francisco Alvarez, who do you keep? Well, why do I got to pick between the two of them? Let's, I mean, what? I got to only pick one of them? Can, can, I, can I just say that? Can I, hold on, let, me just, let me just say something real yeah. quick. To who, who sent the email? Jimmy. Jimmy, you're a dick. What type of nonsense is this? We're drunk. You're asking these type of questions? <laughs> asking me, who's my favorite son? I mean, why, why would that? Uh, he, he answered it, though. I'd keep Alvarez. My wish list is a core of Pete Lindor, Nimmo, and Alvarez. But witnessing Evan's reaction to Pete walking free agency would almost be worth it. No, no, it's, it's not worth it. Trust me. Me screaming and yelling like a lunatic is not worth it. Uh, his second question was, you growing up Mets fans and now having access to players and interviews, what has been the most surreal player interaction you've had? Uh, Bob Gibson, Jim Brown would probably be the two. And I know that's not Mets related. That's just legend. And those are guys who played before I was even around. But just heard so many stories about both guys, the two of the toughest, greatest players of all time. So I got to meet both of them. And then finally, I figured this is the Rico to ask on. Did you ever have a drink at the Irish pub in Baldwin? My father owned it from the mid-70s to 2015. How about that? Uh, no, never drank in Baldwin. He also hopes that we release Rico Bronia merchandise. <laughs> yeah, it's called uh, baseball cards. You can go buy the baseball cards of Rico Bronia whenever you wherever you want. I'm sure they're available. <laughs> <laughs> Ian Nolan writes, if Met fans want to feel better about Beatty's defense, they should watch Vientos play third for a game. Yeesh. They're, they're both not good, but Mark Vientos looks hopeless. I got to tell you, he does. He does. 
<laughs> he looks completely hopeless. Oh, man. There's a lot of emails. I'm sorry. I've got a headache now. I think I'm already starting to feel the hangover. Well, it's almost midnight. I, so, that's expected. Sunday night, I told Pete, I said, we got to do it after 11. I got to make sure everybody's sleeping. But we will do a sober Rico after the Cubs series. Uh, I probably, I, honestly, I think this weekend, it's the weekend. The vacation is new. The Orioles. I think I can see myself scoring all three games of the Med Cup Series. I really can. You know, after a full day at the beach, I can see, you know, 8, 9 o'clock at night, starting the game on DVR. Okay, little Mets Cubbies. I can see that. So we'll probably give you a more intricate breakdown of the Met Cup Series. But they've got a 10-game homestand coming up. These three against Chicago, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. They've got four against Atlanta with a doubleheader on Saturday and then three games against Pittsburgh. So real quick, let's make a prediction on the 10-game homestand. I'm going to shock the world and say 5-5. Five and five. I think they're actually going to win a couple of games on this stand. I'm going to go 5-5 five and five for this 10-game homestand. Pete, go ahead. You said it's Cubs, Braves, and Pirates? Yep. Yeah, they're going like 2-8. Two 2-8. And, two and <laughs> eight. I mean, the, I Cubs, the, Cubs beat the, the Cubs beat the piss out of them every time they see them. I know. I think they're going to win – they're going to win the Cup Series. Yeah, they're going to win two against the Cubs, two against the Pirates, and one game against Atlanta, and somehow they're going to go 5-5. Five and five. That's my prediction. But we do appreciate you listening. Hopefully it sounds okay. I'm on a deck with the beautiful ocean breeze. So hopefully you enjoyed it. You can email the pod anytime. We'll be checking even on vacay. B at gmail.com. B at gmail.com. I'm going to go drink a lot of water and try to go to sleep. Bye, everybody. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronya podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times.